right, we've got a special promotion for the faithful listeners of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Here's the deal, Jack. <laughs> We're taking an impact team to Pastor Paul and Deanna Alvarez in Lima, Peru. <laughs> they let us know that they need some equipment. We'd like to give you a chance to help us buy them a new iPad and a new smart TV for their children's church. Our goal is to raise $1,000 for these items, and we think you'd like to help. So here's what we're offering. So here's what we came up with, guys. When you donate $30 or more to this fund, uh, you're going to get a six-month subscription to the premium podcast at no additional cost. And when you donate $50 or more, then we're going to give you a full year. How about that? Yeah. You'll get all the benefits of our premium sermon podcast, which means daily sermons, interruption-free listening, and zero commercials. We'll get new subscribers out of it, and Pastor Alvarez will get some new equipment to help with what God is doing there. Uh, we think it's a win-win-win. <laughs> uh, this promotion will only last until our impact team, which is happening toward the end of June. So don't miss this opportunity. But wait. Pastor Adam, Dave, what if, what if I'm already a premium subscriber? I'm so glad you asked. Well, so we are going to pass to you, those of you who are already paying for a subscription, we can give you a gift subscription that you can pass on to somebody else out there who always wanted to subscribe but never got around to it for whatever reason. Right. So all of the links will be in the show notes. And we look forward to being a blessing to you and to Pastor Paul in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord. Man, you are more intimidating than you look from back there, I'll tell you that. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to me this morning to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy. So I figure out which water is here. Speaker 2. That'll work. I want to preach a sermon that I've entitled, Got Courage. You've heard the phrase, Got Milk. Well, <laughs> I want to preach about courage. And for some of you, it might seem a bit hypocritical that I'm about to pass out. And I'm still going to preach on courage. Uh, <laughs> but that is my intention nonetheless. And so if I seem a bit hypocritical, please forgive me. I also want to just say that this is probably the greatest privilege I've ever been given other than going overseas uh, to preach here at the Prescott Conference. I want to thank Pastor Mitchell and all those that invited me. Amen. I want to read you something I picked up about where it is going on in our generation uh, about courage and about the issues of courage, if I could. Somebody wrote these words, No generation in 2,000 years of church history has produced the task force necessary to reach the world. Is this because God has not called adequate numbers? Or is it because someone is not listening? The truth is, less than 1% of Christian workers are engaged in evangelistic ministry among the unevangelized of the world. Is this the way the commander-in-chief would assign his troops? Or is someone not listening? With needs so vast uh, 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 and the labor so few, why do we not go? Someone isn't listening, said Robertson McQuilkin a number of years ago. I would say it's not just that they're not listening, it's that they're full of fear. I've been saved for a very long time, and I have heard very few sermons on courage, and I know why, because it's a tough thing to preach about, because you're basically calling people cowards. I have no intention of doing that, because I don't want to get into trouble in the parking lot after the service, but I do want to minister uh, on this issue, and I want to read out of the book of Deuteronomy. There's a whole directions on 
how you are to send men into war. And it goes through a whole bunch of different directions. And one of them uh, it was highlighted in my daily reading. And I want to read it to you this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse number 8 and 9. The Bible says, The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren... Uh, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. And so it shall be when the officers have finished speaking to the people that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. Father, help us, I pray this morning, to have the courage to do the hard things that you've called us to. Touch your people this morning, Lord God, and deliver them from the spirit of this age. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen. Now, I want to minister about this because I think it's something that's destroying the destinies of people. During the Vietnam War, they had a practice, the Vietnamese, uh, of trying their best to get underneath the wire so that they would be beyond the uh, artillery, uh, the uh, support guns that would attack them. And once they were in amongst the Marines and, and fighting them hand-in-hand combat, people would begin to scream, they're under the wire, they're under the wire because they would come in and kill you silently so that you wouldn't make a stink and so they could kill more. I believe that Satan is doing exactly that with some men's destinies, very silently killing what God could do in their lives simply because of this of this demon spirit called fear. In this portion of Scripture, the, the, a principle is laid down. This same principle is not just a principle, it was actually practiced. In the book of Judges, chapter 7, verse 3, you don't have to turn there, but the Bible says, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart at once from Gilead. 22,000 people leave, 10,000 stay, and the Bible says that even that was too many because God is looking for men and women who have the courage to do the hard things in Christianity. Can anybody say amen? It was not just a principle, it was actually practiced in the Bible. Why, you ask? Because the Bible says, lest the heart of his brethren faint, and so it shall be when the officers have finished speaking to the people, they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. Basically, what God is saying in this portion of Scripture is get tough or go home. Or, for, 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 uh, for our sake, get tough or stay home. Now, I'm not just talking about overseas ministry because there's a lot of, it's going to take a lot of courage to do the tough things that God has called us to. In this portion of Scripture, God is looking for leaders for God's cause. And He says, courage is the main thing. Not intelligence, not position, not connections. Amen. I will take a man that has courage to do the hard things for God any day over somebody who's an incredible speaker. I don't care about that intelligence. I don't care about that. But has the courage to go into some tough situations and begin to establish God's presence. Matthew Henry says of this portion of Scripture, if the man's indecision indisposition to fight arose from the weakness and timidity of his own spirit, he had leave to return from the war. It was partly in kindness to them, the person that was afraid, uh, that they had their discharge. For those shamed, they were eased of their uh, fearfulness. But it was much more to the kindness of the rest of the army who were hereby freed from the encumbrance as such that were useless and unserviceable while the danger of infection from their cowardice and flight was prevented. What he's saying is, is I don't need the cowards amongst the brave because they will destroy the morale of those that would be willing to do something for God. It is here ordered that when the cowards have been dismissed, that captains should be nominated, okay? And for it was in special manner necessary that the leaders and the commanders should be men of courage. Jameson Fawcett Brown says, their craven spirit might lead to panic and defeat in the sight of war. This tells us two things. First of all, those racked by fear, including myself this morning, those racked by fear uh, are not ready for battle. And secondly, fearfulness and faint-heartedness are contagious. It is contagious. And this is what, you, this is what I want to phone in on uh, this morning. Let me make very clear what we are not talking about, first of all, this morning. We're not talking about somebody who has no fear whatsoever. Because if there is no fear... There is no courage. 
If there is no fear, so legitimate fear has been given to us to save life and limb. Anybody who uh, has no fear is a danger to himself and to others. So we're not talking about somebody who has no fear whatsoever. I, I, I have lots of fear, amen. But I want to tell you, it is in overcoming that fear is where victory comes and where the world is, is won. The portion that I read this, uh, this uh, testimony by Mr. McQuilkin, he says that in the tr- last 2,000 years, nobody in the history of Christianity has risen enough people to do the will of God, including ourselves. And there was a few, uh, maybe the Moravians that sent out more churches uh, in the la- in 20 years than the rest of Christianity did in 200 years. They may have come close, but no generation has produced the army that is needed to win the world for Jesus Christ. Now, why? And I believe the answer to that uh, uh, why is because of the un- irrational fear. Rational thought to count the chances of survival whether one should do certain things, etc. So fear can be a great servant, but a horrible, horrible master. Can anybody say amen? This is why these two words are linked here. It is really describing a new word, which is the word coward. It says faint-hearted and fearful. Okay, it's linking these two words. If you link these two words together, you get the word coward. Now, I want to read out of Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, which explains God's attitude about cowardice. Okay, Revelation 21, 8 says, but the cowardly unbelieving, because those two words are connected, by the way, that's a revelation for some of you, the cowardly and the unbelieving, abominable murders, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The number one person on that list are cowards. Now, why would God have such an attitude about a a, a, a person who is afraid to go to battle, afraid to stand for God? And I'll explain that in just a moment. But the word courage uh, or coward actually is a French word. Surprise, surprise. Yes. Somebody was asked one time, how many Frenchmen does it take to defend France? And said, nobody knows because it's never been tried. So we get the word, I'm sorry if you're French, God bless you. Uh, But the word coward is actually two words. It is the word cow, okay, or court, which means tail, and ward, which means turning. It means turning tail, okay? One that turns tail. Cowardice is thus the failure to demonstrate sufficient bravery in the face of adverse situations. I don't know if you know it or not, but there's a bunch of missionaries sitting around you, and there's a number of them that have had guns put in their mouths and scared them half to death, but they stayed nonetheless. Can you say amen? That is bravery. Colombia is the most dangerous country in the world. South Africa is number two. And we have missionaries that are dropping people off at 1030 and 1130 at night uh, after services. Unbelievable uh, uh, courage to do these things. And some of these townships are just absolute brutal uh, in their uh, ability to kill and maim. And I want to tell you, we have some real heroes here this morning, but we need a lot more of them. No generation has ever produced the army that God needs to establish his presence around the world and probably because of the issue of fear. Now we see God's feeling about what Paul called the spirit of fear. God has a right to his feelings, but we also have a a right to ask, why, Lord, do you have such a despicable feeling about cowards? And I think I figured it out partially. First of all, God knew that Satan was going to make it very hard on any Christian that was attempting to advance the kingdom of God. Whether you talk about the Bible translators and those that were burned at the stake, or the missionaries, uh, whose many of them, they packed their own things. They were told to pack their things in coffins. Some of them actually bought embalming fluid, knowing that they were going to be returning in a coffin to London, England. These are heroes of the faith. And I wonder this morning in this great Bible conference, how many of us have very much in common with people like that? I would say very few of us have much in common with people like that. But we need to understand that we have to embrace uh, not so much martyrdom, but at least the willingness to go in tough situations. God, secondly, has very difficult things for people to do. 
from the Roman Colosseums to the uh, persecution of the Roman church to preaching the Roman road, we have some serious business to do and we're going to need courage to take care of those things. Can anybody say amen? This is especially true in our fellowship. Remember, God, remember his first word uh, uh, in Revelation 21.8 is the cowardly shall find their place in the lake with fire. If you think about all the worldly leaders that have tried to intimidate uh, all of the Christians and burn them at the stake, they're all burning in hell today. But what's sad is that some cowards are going to join those persecutors of the Christians. You know, I, I don't know if it makes you feel convicted at all, but I'm convicted that two teenagers had to write a book called How to Do Hard Things. Two teenagers now have to rebuke the older generation about doing hard things. And I, I haven't even read the book, but I, it's a little convicting to me that at 45 years old, some teenager has to provoke me to go overseas. We have a very small to-do list, really, as a fellowship, if you think about it. Pioneer overseas, pioneer at home, or establish God's kingdom in your mother church. It takes courage to be a sendee and a sender. The sender may be more obvious, or the sendee, the sender who takes his position seriously, though, those who launch, those who financially basically bankrupt themselves to launch these workers. It takes a lot of courage to do that as well. All those senders, we want to thank, amen. It's not just those who go. It is the ones who literally bankrupt their businesses, write huge checks in order for this thing to go forward. That takes courage. It also takes courage to go here in the States, and it takes courage to go overseas as well. And this is why it's so critical that you and I have some courage for the hard things that God has called us to. Seems like a small to-do list, really, but we wait till you try to actually do it. <laughs> Number two, the reason why God hates cowardice is because it's short-sighted. When a person allows an 80-year lifetime to dictate eternal consequences, he is foolish and he is short-sighted. This generation has an attitude, well, I'd rather live than be Jim Elliott. I would rather live than be Jim Elliott. You say, oh, that's not true. Yes, it is. And you know it's true. Most people say, no, they would rather preserve life than to go do something crazy and find themselves dead. There's just something really, really attractive about being alive. You see, all the people who persecuted the saints are in hell right now. And no matter how powerful they once were, they are, uh, they are in hell, as are all the cowards will, who will one day join them. Somebody has said these words, Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Let me say that again. Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Most churches today are filled with moral cowards. People who say things like, it's not my calling to preach on that unmentionable place. Really? Because you'd be the first one in history not to preach the full counsel of God. See, oh, that's just really bad doctrine, Mr. Smiley Face. No, it's not bad doctrine. You're a coward. You're a coward. That's what it really is. It's not, well, he hasn't figured out that that's, because he, he can't prove that. Preach the whole counsel of God. Jesus himself spoke about hell, but you have a whole church that are full of moral cowards, and they're producing a whole generation of moral cowards. Why do you think it is that when we go out street preaching, the people who have the hardest time about it are people who go to some of these moral cowards' churches? Oh, pastor, you're just really, really severe. No, I'm not. I preached overseas and I preached in, in different places. And sure enough, man, they come out of the woodwork. The charismaniacs, the, uh, the, the sinners, they just walk by, give you the middle finger and just keep on walking. It's, it's the saints of God. It's the moral cowards that have been produced by other moral cowards. Oh my gosh, you're going to offend somebody out here. Oh yeah, and they might get saved and give their life to Jesus. That would just be horrendous, wouldn't it? Maybe they should come down and join you for worship at your church. sardines it says all the spine pieces have been removed the president's favorite preacher he's one of my favorites as well I read that article uh, before Pastor Mitchell put it in the, in the packet about how he was trying to make peace with the Muslims so uh, that's really bad doctrine pastor no he's a coward he's a coward 
He's a coward to say what it means. He'll stand on Proposition 8 and then tell you that his favorite singer is Melissa Etheridge. Oh, I'm totally against gay marriage, but Melissa Etheridge, I have all of her CDs and I've got them all signed. You go to her concerts? You sit through that? You're out of your mind. You're not part of us. I call them evangelifish. Evangelifish. I remember Winston Churchill read a story about him one time. And he, he said these words as he was debating. If you've ever seen the parliament in England, they debate back and forth. They have two different tiers there. And he goes, I remember as a child being taken to the Barnum Circus which contained an exhibition of freaks and monstrosities. These are his words. My favorite, the boneless wonder. But being to my young mind, but being too young, my parents felt it would be demoralizing. I have waited 50 years to see the boneless wonder. And now he sits on the treasury bench. <laughs> and guess what? When England had something hard to do, guess who they came looking for? Mr. Winston Churchill who had caused all sorts of trouble, said all sorts of crazy things, but he was willing to fight. He was willing to do what it took to get that place established. And you and I need heroes just like that. One of my favorite characters when I was a child was Captain Courageous. I was going to bring a cape today and give it to somebody. Have it just wave in the wind here, you know. Captain Courageous. Why? Because he was willing to do all the hard stuff. That pretty much sums up the church world today. It's sorry, but it's true. God and his officers are not looking for faint-hearted people. Much of Christendom has fallen down right here, and that is contagious. Can anybody say amen? And it is spreading. Let me go on and return uh, to my house, the Bible says, lest they infect others and hurt the entire work of God. Say, Pastor, what does this have to do with this? Because, you know, it really does us no good to beat up on the church world when we won't repent ourselves. Oh, yeah, those, those, those moral cowards. It's so horrible, those people, as we sit comfortably in our seats and we read about the martyrs. We use them in our sermons, but we have almost nothing in common with them because we've never made a hard decision in our life. I want to deal with two types of courage, moral and physical courage. And I want to talk to you, first of all, about moral courage. One of our greatest achievements has been in the area of what we, I want to call moral courage. And I thank God for our fellowship. And we have gained great, great dominion in this area of our lives. And what I mean by moral courage is the courage to hold strong convictions and share those convictions. In most cities that we are in, and I'm not trying to be arrogant or prideful, but listen, we are the most street preaching fellowship around just about. Now, if, if, if you want to correct me, go right ahead. But I've traveled all over Southern Africa, and I never saw anybody witness to me in nine years. Never saw another single person street preaching in nine years. But I can show up in any city in Africa today on a Saturday unannounced. Go down to the market, and I'll find our people preaching. So we, we've gained some dominion there. Would you agree with me? We have gained some dominion in saying, no, I will not be afraid of men in this area. In witnessing, un unbelievable the conversations that we have as we go through San Diego witnessing and knocking on doors. We have some real men of God and women of God who knock, and if they don't answer, they knock again. There's a revelation. Ring the bell, ring, ring. My own daughters will ring, 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 and then they'll start dealing with somebody at the door. That's an astounding establishment of God's presence. Can you say amen? Pre pre preaching, witnessing, biblical preaching, exhorting, encouraging, and rebuking. This is an astounding establishment as well, that we're able to preach and let everybody be upset with us and walk out of the service. It's funny, you know, I'll preach some in intense thing, and they'll go, uh, no counseling today, thank you. That's all. I'll preach something. I'll, I'll, anybody want to talk to me? No. I'm going home. That, that alone, and I, that permission was given to me by Pastor Mitchell. Thank you, Pastor Mitchell. So I don't have to be a coward. Thank God. And we have established some dominion there as well. This takes a lot of courage, and I'm not taking that away from us for one second. In many of our families, we are considered some of the most courageous people in our families. We're the ones that do the funerals. 
We're the ones that, 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 that say the prayer over the Thanksgiving meal. We're, you know, we are the ones in one sense. And I'm not, once again, I'm not saying you're the only one. But we are in a minority in this area. And we have gained incredible dominion in this area. You know, I just want to thank the Chandler Church for getting me in huge trouble with my family. Thank you, Chandler, very much. You were on the news over and over and over again, which my family would immediately phone call. Hello, Joe. Yes, you're in the news again. Thank you, Chandler. Thank you. It wasn't that Tempe wasn't doing it. wasn't that Tempe wasn't doing anything. It's just it seems like that Chandler got all the news. But they got me in big trouble with our family. So we've gained dominion in that area as well, even in compensation. Most of the pastors here and most of the workers here, whether full-time or not, would be willing to give it all so we could do the work of God. That's an astounding accomplishment as well. We live in this big, huge park of freedom. Let's think about that for a moment. We live in this big park of freedom. I'm not afraid of what any man says. I'll street preach. I'll witness. I'll tell my family that they need to get their hearts right and quit worshiping Mary. I'll do whatever it takes to get people right. We got got this big, massive park that we live in. But the problem that we have is that we sometimes believe that we've overcome fear altogether. And here's where we have not overcome fear altogether. We may get the false impression that we have whipped the devil in this area. And as I mentioned earlier, there's couples' destinies that are being snuffed out by, by this spirit. Paul called it the spirit of fear. John called it cowardice in Revelation 21.8. And Moses called it faint-hearted. So you ask an unwillingness to stand up to the plate for service unless all of the conditions are right. Like I said, no generation in 2,000 years has been able to do this successfully and continually. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. There's, I picked up an article out of the newspaper talking about the desertion rate, desertion rate amongst the army. says it's the highest it has been since 1980. That people, and what the reason that they're giving, if they ask these young men why they're not volunteering, goes, well, because the country's at war. Really? Because uh, I thought that's why you joined the army. No, it was for the free education. Why did you become part of the fellowship in the first place? So you could come to awesome conferences. You know, one of my favorite statements Pastor Mitchell sometimes makes, he goes, why don't you go bury yourself someplace in that nice suit of yours? All the sermons, but just that one statement. I was like, yeah, I like that. You know what? We're not here to put on our best suit. Amen. We're here to do something for God. You ask any Navy guy what the Navy stands for, and you're not going to get the response, oh, policing the nation, policing the world for peace. No, it stands for never again volunteer yourself. (laughs) You know, what a low view of what you do. These are the heroes of our country. Can anybody say amen? Here they are, but they have such a low view of what they do. I would say there's some of you who have a very low view of who you are. I would take any of you who have been saved for six months in our fellowship and put you overseas probably before anybody else in the world. 
I don't care about their PhD. They don't have the courage to do what needs to be done. Six months salvation in our fellowship. And the lives are changed. And the courage is there. And you can mock all you want to. And you can say that's not true. But I know in my heart of hearts that we have built some stout-hearted folks in our fellowship. But we got moral courage. Yes, we do. But do we have physical courage? Say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Here's what I mean by that. I want to give you three different areas I want to cover about physical courage. I thought about this. You know, what are we afraid of in this generation? Not the bear, not the lion, or any real creature anymore. At one time, Christians that feared no man were thrown in with beasts. Now we're not afraid of the beasts. We're afraid of man. We now fear man and what he thinks of our decisions, even our present decisions. I want to talk to you, first of all, about physical respect or esteem. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. You know, you and I both know that Kids are being tyrannized, tyrannized by the fear of man. Does anybody agree with that? You have teenagers. Tyrannized. They wear things that they would never wear. They wear hair that takes hours to make. So that, so that somebody will be pleased with, oh, he is just the coolest of the coolest. They're being tyrannized by the fear, by the fear of man. But how about us? The Bible says the fear of man brings a snare. I don't know if you've ever seen an animal that's been caught by a snare, but it pulls and it pulls to loose itself. And every time the snare gets tighter and tighter on its life and it destroys it. And hunters who hunt by snare will tell you it's a piece of trash. It's worthless. The skin is worthless. And the Bible speaks about the fear of man as a snare. And there are people here who are afraid of what other people may think about their decisions. So is the man who fears the approval of all of his choices for God by his peers. We need a pastor, but I want to tell you, I've known people who are afraid of what other people think about going overseas, about pioneering again, or doing something substantial for the kingdom of God in their mother church. So is the man who fears the approval of all of his choices by God uh, and his peers. I was fearful the second time I pioneered in Seattle, Washington, and I was discouraged by some family. I was discouraged by my co-workers at Southwest Airlines when I, when I decided to go the fourth time overseas and stay in Cape Town. Amen. I, I was discouraged by family members. I want to tell you, you got to have courage to stand up to your own family and go, you're wrong and God is right. So what, what man are you talking about? You know, I'm talking about any man. It is a snare. It's a destroyer. Everyone needs their pastor, but don't let others that may have gotten a bit tender-hearted or soft-hearted discourage you from doing God's best with your life. People say things like, you've got a good thing going there. Why would you leave? I had this one said to me a bunch of times, and I won't mention any names. Better you than me. Woe to you, my brother, that you discourage another brother and you are contagious today. Most of, the, most of the time, they have no idea what they're saying. They're just joking with you. You know, it's fine. I don't tell you, hey, you know what? You need to repent, bro. <laughs> but, you know, they don't even know what they're saying. But they're, oh, better you than me. You better be careful what you say, bro. If you're gonna take, it's going to take courage to leave your first successful church. It's going to take courage to go pioneer your first work and to leave your first successful church. Make no mistake about it. We love esteem, respect, honor, especially after our family has little or no respect for what we do. Think about that. So here we are in a situation where our family has no respect for what we do. And then we have all of these brothers who are now respect you because you have some type of esteem. This will stop the will of God in its tracks. If we are only concerned about what other people think about it. you better believe if there was a Paul called to Europe, there had to be one for Asia and Africa, or God is not fair. Somebody didn't go. Somebody didn't go thousands of years ago. They didn't go to Asia and Africa, and today they're, they, they're, much of it is in darkness because of that. He's not just unjust. Someone didn't obey, and that's why Africa and Asia laid in darkness for millennia. It's a trap, man. It is a snare, and it will destroy your destiny if you're not careful. It was a tough assignment no one wanted. Amen. Nobody wanted that assignment, and so nobody eventually went and did what God called them to do. I want to talk to you secondly about the fear of physical discomfort. Shakespeare popularized a word, and that is the word craven. The word craven. And he, uh, it, it, what it means is a thorough coward. So you have fearfulness, then you're a coward, and then you become craven in your heart. 
And there are people who are so afraid of any type of physical discomfort. They're used to having uh, uh, the best uh, restaurants down the road, the best this, the best that. And they are fearful. So you have people who have overcome in the moral courage, but physical courage they have not overcome. And it will stop the work of God. Why is it all of a sudden got so quiet in here? I was just being friendly, you know. Better you than me. Our missionaries are not the loony ones. Can I say that to you? Because I was a missionary. It's like, oh, you're going back? What, are you crazy? (laughs) No, I'm not crazy. And neither is anybody who rises to the occasion and does something like that. Can you say amen? No, they, they just happen to be fans of people like Jim Elliott, who said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. See, they, they, act, they heard those words. Everybody, we heard those words this week. But some people took it seriously. I am no fool. And let me say this. Some of you are only, you only have 30 more years to be courageous. You have maybe 30 more years to, to get this thing down, right? To, to make the hard choices. And then we're going to be in eternity. Some of us already are having physical difficulties as we get older. And, and it almost, we need that medical care close by. So you can't go. Some people cannot go because of physical problems. Let me just tell you, friend, you better hurry up. You haven't gone all day long, okay? And, you know, if somebody tells you that you, like I, I, I do this workout called CrossFit, it's just 20 minutes of the worst workout in the world. I mean, it, it, you're going to throw up if you do this workout. I mean, that, that's, the slogan is Pukey the Clown, okay? You're going it, to, but it's only 20 minutes, so I go, I can do that. I can do that. And as I began to do it, Everybody was in front of me. I can't. And I said, I'm never coming back here. I'm never coming back here. I'm never coming back here. But I kept on going. I kept on going. And I want to tell you, friend, you don't. And if, because of the 20 minutes, that's what kept me at it. I said, well, I can do anything for 20 minutes. Let me tell you, friend, you can do anything for the next 30 years. You know what? I, I plan on dying at the county hospital. Can I just be honest with you? I really, I don't have insurance now. I'm probably not going to have insurance anytime soon. It's very expensive stuff. So what's the difference? A nicer computer, uh, a nicer suit, more opportunity. I, I don't, you know, that stuff just, it just doesn't have the hold that it once had. And I wish to God I could reach back in the conference. I got saved 24 years ago and I came to a conference early. I remember sitting in the conference body and if I, somebody had just told me, look, man, don't stress about those things. And I know they did. I probably was just hard-headed, wouldn't listen. But, you know, you don't have forever to be courageous. Just a few more years, man. Make the hard choices. He said, well, I'm not saying everybody's called to leave. I'm, not, I'm really not saying that. But if you are, you're going to miss out, man. And you don't have to do it forever. And so there's a time limit on it. You know, I'm 40-some years old, and there may be some harder decisions, but maybe another 30 years. I got to be brave and I got to say, no, I'm not going to let this world dominate. I'm not going to let the fear of man stop me. I'm going to do the will of God until the very end. I want to talk to you about physical discomfort. There's a scripture in the book of Judges, and I don't want to read the whole thing to you, but it's in Judges 8, 24, 25, 26, and 27, where Gideon takes up an offering. They have this great battle. He takes up this offering and he says in verse 24, please give me the earrings from the plunder. No foul. A workman is worthy of his, of his honor. And so he's given that. No problem there. The people in verse 25, we will gladly give it. So they give that offering. They take these earrings. They have just won in battle. They threw them down on this blanket. And he took that and took it back to his city and he built an ephod. A workman is worthy of his honor. Yes. Then Gideon made it into an ephod, though, and set it up in his city, Ophrah. Foul! And all Israel played the harlot with it. It became a snare to Gideon and to his house. Imagine that. Wealth a snare. Imagine that, yes. And right there in the Bible, where they took the valuable things, melted it down, made an ephod, and say, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a priestly garment. What's the problem with a good suit? I already told you what the problem with a good suit is. It stops you from doing what God really wants you to do. 
foul and double foul, Mr. Gideon. Gideon took what was gladly given and made an idol of it. And doing that made others go a-whoring. It became a snare. There it is again, a snare. Wealth, a snare, yes, sir. And we need people who have the attitude, it's service before safety. I asked a pastor one time, he, this one guy kept on saying he was going to come overseas, and I never saw him, and I asked his pastor one time, I said, is that guy ever going to come overseas? And he goes, oh, no, pastor, he's far too comfortable. Or no, oh, no, Joe, he's far too comfortable where he's at. I guarantee you there are many couples' destinies that are being destroyed because they have finally gotten what they want. Some measure of comfort, and nothing is going to jeopardize that. See, a new work can be a blessed experience, a, one of the greatest joys of your life. In South Africa, they have a phrase called a lot lamaki, which means a late lamb. And I had a girl in our church who came to me crying, Pastor, I'm going to have a baby, and I'm 40 years old. She was distraught. I said, God bless you for being fruitful. She says, no, I don't want a lot lamaki, which means a late lamb. Well, that child became one of the greatest blessings to their life. I want to tell you, your second and third work may become more of a blessing. Not every work that goes out has to be a pain. Can you say amen? Not every couple that goes, or time you go out, does it have to be that difficult. Let me share a few more stories with you. I was in South Africa. I met this guy in George, South Africa, and he was telling me that he was in, he had been taken out of Africa. 300 of them had left Africa, all over West Africa, South Africa, and they had come to the States, into uh, Texas, to go to Bible school. 300 of them came to go to Bible school. And I, so he had gone to Bible school and returned to South Africa. And he said, I'm the only one that came back. And I am also going to return to America eventually. But I know there's no problem with anybody leaving, right? And if you say anything to him, you go, don't you want for my children what you have for your children? No, I want Africa to be saved. That, that's what I want. And it really upset me. But that's the type of attitude. 300 left. And 300 stayed, Africa. And so you want to tell me there's no problem with people going? Oh, I beg to differ, my friend. I beg to differ. There are numbers of people who desperately need to go. I want to talk to you, some of the ladies and some of the men as well, about the fear of missing their children and grandchildren. See, this is a real fear, and I have heard it voiced before. Scripture promises that God will be our father and that he will stick closer than a brother. Can anybody say amen? Matthew 10, 37 says, He who loves father, mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. You want to talk about courage? This will take everything in you to obey. I spoke to a woman this week who was a missionary uh, overseas, and she has 20 grandchildren while she was overseas. One of those grandchildren she had not seen ever in her life, and the baby was already five years old. You want to talk about courage, sister? That's some courage right there. And she ought to be honored for that courage. They say the toughest job in the Marines is being a Marine mom. Well, I agree. We talk fondly of the martyrs and the missionaries. But what do we have in common with them? Whether you move across the country or the world, you are going to be the one who is breaking up the family and your mama may never forgive you for it. I'm talking about going and releasing. You might want to clue your kids up about your desire. I want to tell you a story that happened to us when we were in George for a while. My three beautiful daughters were growing up there and beautiful, I want to emphasize beautiful. Uh, and they're like angels to me, you know. Uh, if you have girls, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, one of them would get very upset sometimes and she would start to cry in her room and she'd say, take me back to America. And I would lie in my bed down the hallway and listen to her and think I was doing something wrong to my kids. And I, I'd lie there and she wouldn't stop. It's not like she said it once, take me back to America. Take me back. To, I, she misses her cousins and her nieces and all of her family. She's missing out on all of that. And, it, and, and so it's hurting her as a little girl, but it's breaking the father's heart. You, I'm talking about some things that you're going to have to have some courage to stand up to. Eventually that succeeded and we went on to Cape Town and, 
and stayed there for the next four years. Uh, but she and she came out of that that series. But I want to tell you, there are sacrifices doing the work of God. Sacrifices in family as well. The mission, the early missionaries actually left their wives behind. You want to talk about sadness? David Livingston did most of his ministry by himself. And when his wife finally came to Africa, she died shortly after that. The Scottish missionaries into Madagascar mostly died alone. If they could do that, we can certainly trust our lineage to God's care and obey and do something worthwhile for the kingdom of God. If you do a little math, most of us only have 30 more years left to fulfill our full destinies. We can hold on, can't we? Let me talk to you lastly about the good news. The good news is, is that a faint-hearted person, a, a person who has had a spirit of cowardice in the past, does not make up his entire life like that. There are stories in the Bible of people who had a spout or a bout, if you spout, hello, Joe Rice, uh, a bout of uh, faint-heartedness, to put it kindly, but they repented. Many stories in the Bible and the church history that prove this out. Men and women who overcame their spirit of fear and became the very captains of the armies of God that Moses spoke about in the book of Deuteronomy. People who believed that duty was theirs and the results were God's. They got tough rather than going home or staying home. People like Abraham who lied one time and said she is my sister but then eventually repented. Adam who said she gave me to eat and I ate but then eventually repented. Jacob who was afraid and said for I was afraid but then eventually repented. The Bible is full of temporary cowards that repented before their lives were spent. Who found as you and I must that God can only have one supreme fear in your life. The solution to your problem today is simple. It is just a simple, simple answer, and that is to swap fears. The fear of man is a snare, and the fear of God is safety. Can anybody say amen? Earthly fear is a demonic destroyer of the work of God. Earthly fear or a healthy godly fear. Proverbs 29-25b says, But whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. They fear that what missing out for what God has for their life more than they fear what man says. More than they fear what they might lose physically. Maybe that is why they were sent home in the first place is so they could get into their prayer closet and figure it out. Who do you fear? Man can only have one supreme fear in life. One supreme fear. You'll either fear God or you'll fear what man can do for you or against you. Let me close. Maybe that is why they were sent home to find God in their prayer closet at home. And before they spike somebody else's punch. 20 verse 8, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Did it ever occur to you that your faint heartedness is infectious? Well, it is. Whether it's stepping up in your mama church getting launched the first or second time, or getting launched overseas. I've seen people come up with the craziest reasoning trying to justify cowardice. They turn into a pretzel right before you. See, if it was just you that you were hurting, then that would be okay. But if others are being infected, that's a whole other thing to answer for this morning. Deuteronomy 20, verse 3, Let not your hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble. Neither be terrified of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you. Somebody dealing with that whole word craven that Shakespeare popularized said, even though my body might cry craven, my mind luckily had no mind to give in. This seems to tell us that we have a choice with fear. If you read most of the scriptures on fear, it'll say, fear not, fear not. Where's the revelation of deliverance from fear? It means stop fearing. There's no big, woo, there's, oh, that's powerful, Pastor. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I have been transformed by your words this morning. Woo, you're awesome. One simple revelation, fear not, means fear not. Overcome the fear. Keep on doing what you're doing. And establish God's presence in your life and just say, I'm just not going to be there. First John chapter 5 verses 4 and 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world and its fears. And this is our victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
Who is he who overcomes the world and its fears? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Because they were born of God, they continued to overcome the world and its fears. Oh, they had their spells of cowardice, but they refused to allow that to define their lives. You know, you can repent. You know that? That's the great thing about confidence. You can repent and say, I have been craving fear about about these monsters overseas that might hurt me. I'm craving fear about being without. I have craving fear about being uh, considered something less amongst my brethren, and I'm, but I'm not going to let that thing overcome me. This is truly my concern, that God's kingdom would not lengthen its boundaries because of fear. I read about the stories in James, uh, the settlers in Jamestown when they first came from England, and they came and they established the city there in Jamestown. And the first year... They elected a government. The second year, they fired that whole government because that government had voted to build a road five miles out of town. You can have the vision to come across the ocean of 3,000 miles and then get established in a place and be stricken with fear. Be stricken with fear that any time... You know, it astounds me why nobody... You know, I go overseas. It's always a question of go overseas. What about going to Pioneer in the States again? Has that ever crossed your mind? Has God ever given you a city to say, I'm going to leave this successful work and I'm going to go pioneer again? For trying to build a road five miles west of that town. You know what? Us in California are very glad that they kept on building that road. These pioneers eventually got past their fears and that's why Arizona and California exist today. With few exceptions, these saints of old learned from those spells and eventually overcame their fears. Look, we are surrounded by moral cowards in the church world today. God help us not to be infected as well. Roger Kipling said about fear or about courage, he said, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or be lied about, uh, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. I love that part. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you have spoken, twisted by knaves to make traps for fools. Or watch the things that you have life, you've gave your life to, broken and stoop, and build them with worn out tools. We have a lot more to do as a fellowship. And we need courageous couples, both young and old. We don't have a, 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 to be brave forever, thank God. Maybe 30 more years if Jesus tarries. So we need to make the hard choices and have a stout heart for the things that God has called His people to. That's all I have. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. Thank you.